Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nashonda Shines. What's up, good people? Welcome back to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. So I oftentimes don't know when I'm recording, because usually I record in advance what the subject is going to be about. And so about five minutes ago, I was like, oh, I know exactly where this is going to air. I know exactly when this is going to be placed. And so this episode is on Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to all of you awesome people out there on today. Of course, on Valentine's Day, we celebrate love and couples and things of that nature. And usually I try to have a couple on who's experienced, um, who tries together. But this year I was like, mm, I need to do something different because I come into so many people who don't fully love themselves. And so I said, wait a minute, this guess. You're talking about radical self-love? Check. You talk about unapologetically shows up for herself? Check, check, check. You talk about someone who cares less about what people say about them? How many checks can we not check right now? Because it's just like, whoa. If you see her on the social webs, you already know it's on and popping very um, vivacious in color, full of energy. And I love what she's doing for people of color in the space and bringing awareness, not only to people, but to people who are in larger bodies. What? Yes, yes, and yes. She is showing up in a way that's saying, if you don't accept me, it's your problem, stop looking. Okay. All right. So if you're paying attention or if you follow on social webs, you probably know who I'm talking about, but I'm just going to go ahead and give you a little bit of her background. She is the founder and CEO of Running Fat Chef, a freelance writer, motivational speaker. She is one of Hoka's global athlete ambassadors. She was named and noted by The Root 100 as the most influential African-Americans ages 25 to 45. LaToya Shantae Snell, yes, is a multi-sport endurance athlete. Oh, yes, she is. And so without further ado, I want to bring to someone who shows up for the fitness and wellness space, who is radical self-love, Welcome to Try Beginner's Luck, LaToya. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. Thank you, thank you, thank you for such an amazing opener. I feel loved and everything. I love that. <laughs> well, you should be. I give everybody, or at least I try to give people a really amazing introduction because how many times are people telling us how we're not good? Mm. And so I feel like when people come to my show, I get to do what I want to do. And so I get to celebrate people yes. and I will always celebrate people because I think it's important to me that yeah. you feel seen, you feel loved when you leave my podcast. You're like, man, I feel good. Yes. Even if we're talking about tough issues and I may yeah. get on you about X, Y, and Z, I still want you to leave feeling like, Hey, right. We, we feel good. 
listen, if black people don't know anything, we know how to pour into you. And yeah. anything that I love doing to the people in real time is giving them their roses. Um, I think sometimes we wait until people are close to leaving um, or they're already gone. And then we're sitting in a space where we're like in the sea of regrets. I wish that I did this. I wish I said that. And instead, I'm just like, even if it's a, a large way or a grandeur, you know, gesture or just something that's in doses of, I appreciate you, you know, yeah. hearing those words, seeing those actions, feeling it in real time is something that all of us need, you know? So like when I heard it, I was just like, oh yes. Like, you know, I'm just over here like snapping. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, yeah, that's me. You know, like, cause I mean, at one point I didn't know what that meant. Um, and then that, when I actually started getting that, um, it was like in like, it was like large doses and I just didn't know how to process it. Um, sometimes when some of us get that, we are unable, we're not equipped to know how am I supposed to actually process it? How do I actually nurture this? How do I take it? Um, you know, how do I keep this going? How do I actually fill up my own cup without looking for someone else to actually pour into me? You know, um, and these are all the things that I've been doing you know, whether it was in the fitness and wellness space, my previous work, um, you know, being uh, on open mics um, and doing poetry, um, my work when I was in the culinary field, and then thinking about just being like, a, just uh, being a someone to somebody and having that certain role. So whether I am being a mother to my son, um, being a spouse to my husband, um, being a friend that's like, you know, around the way that's like, hey girl, mm, I, I don't want to talk to you about sports. I'm going to tell you about my man. You know, like I, I'm always thinking about how do I properly water the people around me, even the ones that may not know me or haven't earned me yet? You know, um, how do I water those people and show them the best version of myself so I can give myself permission and they can give me permission to show the other layers of myself that may not be the best wrapped, but they know that it's always cared for. Um, you know, so that's what I'm always mindful of when I wake up and when I close my eyes every night. That's good. And I appreciate your standpoint. And when you said that I want to be able to water into others who might not um, know me, I feel like that's what this podcast does. Yes. And um, sometimes you don't know until you meet people in person that that's what it's doing for them. Even though it's, to me, I'm like, it's talking about sports. It's talking about this, but we don't know what some people may be struggling with on the other side. And they heard something in someone's story that touched them. And they're like, okay, this person had this type of failure, but they went on to be a professional what can I do now? Right, right. You know, like, and the thing is, like, here's the beauty about sports. When we look into it, sports is essentially a muse. Um, it's a vessel for, to have other conversations. You know, when we are praising somebody about their athleticism, their their grit, their tenacity, the things that get them going, learning someone's why, Um you know, there's a backstory that's there. There's something that may have happened to someone or something that became that spark. And when we put it out there the right way, or I won't even say the right way, even the right or the wrong way, um, there's a lesson in every, you know, physical activity, every mental activity, every hurdle, there's a lesson that's if we're receptive to it. 
And sometimes the lessons may not be properly gift wrapped. It may not be uh, like, honestly, I think that sometimes those are the best lessons when they're not prime, they're not, you know, they're not in this pretty bow tie and ribbon. And it's like, and that may look like in our space, coming in first place, coming in second place, having this, you know, certain type of body type that is, you know, typically celebrated or having a, a, a complexion um, that basically gives you a gold star or assumed that's better than a, another person. And what sports has done for me, I can say. Um, in general, regardless of what discipline I've ever um, got into, um, is basically made me question um, a lot of what my purpose is, what can I do at this moment, and then having to reflect in the self and say, wow, look at the things I've created um, without trying. I thought that I was entering this space for this reason, but you know, whatever it is out there in the universe, it's like, hey, I want to give you five other options of ways that you can go about it. Now you can go according to this easy road and just let it be self-serving, but there's going to be a harder road that's actually ahead. But I promise you, it will probably be much more gratifying than just doing this for yourself. And essentially what I've opted to do um, time and time again is actually take the harder road. Um, it has not always been easy. It is sometimes thinkless. Um, sometimes it is hurtful, but I'm always thankful for the lessons that it provides me. And at those moments, I'm not always gracious about it. Uh, I'm just like, why is this happening to me? <laughs> you know, um, why am I being targeted? Why am I hearing about this? You know, um, what well, that wasn't the message that I was trying to get across. And, um, honestly, I, I look at sports almost the way that I had to look at it when I went to LaGuardia Community College. Um, and I was taking up, um, I was taking up commercial photography. I had a professor, um, his name was Javier Lorenz. And this was like my second or third course there, um, when it came down to photography wise. Um, he had us do this project and long story short, at the end of the semester, he had us put up eight photos that we took with film. Well, film cameras, and we had to essentially put these things out a certain way. Then we had to step back and let our classmates and the you know the program directors to essentially look at these images, but we couldn't say anything. And that's how I look at sports. At sports, we're putting in all this work. We're trying to present ourselves a certain way. We're trying to do all the things, but once the work is out there, and when you have somebody else looking at it, it's like. There's really nothing else to be said. I already put everything out there. But now somebody else gets to examine my canvases and say, this is how it made them feel. And I have no control over that. Whether it's positive, negative, or neutral, I have no control over how they see me, of what, that, what I have done for them. And when I've shown up in sports, I didn't realize how much I would be a force. <laughs> and you know, in these different spaces, showing up as me and then fighting to always show up as me. Everything from my hair color choices, my my skin, which is something that I do not have control over, the way that I speak and articulate myself in the public, um, the way that I elect to still write articles or write really long posts on Instagram. And people are just like, girl, like who reading all that? And I'm like, there's an audience for it. You know, um, when people were just like, there's no, nobody's going to read past the second, you know, second or third line. And I'm like, I promise you there's somebody out there. And before I knew it, I ended up growing an audience who 
we're dedicated readers. And then I have people who are just like, you're never going to convert me into that. But I do love your visuals. I love what you represent. I love the way that you storytell. You're doing the storytelling aspect through visuals or through imagery. And that is me essentially going right back into my photography class, listening to Professor Lorena saying, once you put those canvas up and you make that step back, those are the areas that you don't have control over. And But everything else before it, the adventure, the hardships, the hiccups, the, the beauty, the, the going out there, that part you have complete control of. You know, even when you have to make the changes and pivot along the way, you have control over that. And the beauty of that is that was what, what sports is for me. Sports is just another art form. Um, and I'm a ridiculous lover of arts. So there's, there's nothing wrong with that. You said a ridiculous level of what now? Arts. Um, art. Yeah. Art. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. I mean, uh, just in like how you post, the things that you wear, you can tell that that's artistry behind that. But I want to touch on um, taking the higher road. Mm. <laughs> or the, excuse me, not higher, because, you know, harder. Yeah. Yeah, that's the what harder. you said. Yeah. Taking yeah. the harder road. Because sometimes as we're thinking about this audience being first timers, it could be a hard road for them. Yes. And what on the other side of that hardship that may appear to be hard or challenging at first could be very rewarding and gratifying. Yes. So talk about some of the hard roads that you've had to go through and how, as a result, the feedback has been unfavorable in terms of how you made people feel and oh. or how people have seen you and not have received you well. Mm, that crazier part about this is that um, I would say I would welcome anyone into my introduction to the public eye in 2019. Um, that year I was picked up with Hoka. Um, it was my first year of becoming officially, um, becoming um, a, a Hoka global, um, athlete ambassador. Um, in 2018, they scouted me out after I wrote a story in 2017 that went viral. Um, I, at that time, um, I was running my sixth and seventh marathon. Um, and that was at the Chicago marathon, um, of 2017 and the New York City Marathon 2017. And then two weeks later, I was doing an ultra marathon. And um, that was a 60K. That, that race doesn't exist anymore. It's the New York Roadrunners, um, Knickerbocker 60K. Um, and during that race, um, I was heckled from uh, sidelines uh, where a guy told me, and I quote, it's going to take your fat ass forever. Um, I am a old school New Yorker. Um, I am not a transplant. And if anyone knows about 80s New Yorkers, well, we're going to tell you how we feel um, in the most colorful ways. And sometimes it might be an in introduction with our hands. So um, <laughs> now I, I did not. I, 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 I'm, thankfully, I did not do the last part because I had two other runners who was on the sidelines and they're like, this is not going to end well. And, you know, and I was just like, you know what, you're right. I'm at the 21st and 20 between the first 21st and 22nd bow. You know, what what's the point? You know, but people love saying these things like sticks and stones may break my bones. We heard it all, all our lives. But the reality of those words, those words they sit in and they hurt. And sometimes they have more impact because sometimes the worst things you can ever hear are the things that you already told yourself that I don't belong here. Mm -hmm. You know, and for me, for a long time, I 
was finding it in different messaging. Sometimes it wasn't as abrasive as somebody telling me you don't belong here. It was more like, I don't see me. I don't see me in magazines. I don't see myself represented as a black woman. I don't see myself rep represented as a fat woman. I do not see myself re represented as a queer person. I do not re see myself represented as a person with invisible disabilities. I do not rep see someone like me coming from my side of Brooklyn, which is East New York, you know, Crown Heights, Bed-Stuy. These are all things that's referenced in rap videos. But like, you know, when it comes down to being in sports, and then being this loud and this open and colorful, um, it was always this laundry list of love of no's, even when I was smaller framed. It was just like you were the girl with the big mouth, you know. Um, but I was also told things like it was weird. One hand, the people would tell me, shut up, and this is a bad perception of black people. And the other hand, I was being called things like Wonder Bread. Why do you speak that way? Why do you articulate your words that way? You know, um, are you trying to be quote unquote white? And then I had to dissect and dismantle. What exactly does blackness look like then, if that's the case? If you're saying that having some type of emotional and literal intelligence is associated to whiteness, then what exactly does it mean for me, the black girl who's grown up in these multitude of areas? What are you telling me that I'm supposed to sound and look, feel and interact with everyone? And I'm just like, I, I feel like I, I don't have an identity, that my identity is forever underneath the lens and analyzed according to others. It, it, it felt more of an obstacle course and, and, and marathon to me, figuring out who I was. So I wrote a um, 900 plus word piece for the root.com. They reached out to me. I thought it was a joke. Um, they reached out to me two weeks after um, no, actually, yeah, it was, it was like a week or so after the New York City Marathon. And it was like, we would love to feature you as a glow up gladiator. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but it sounds amazing. You know, and they're like, we have this new section, which has been out for a couple of years now. Um, well, more than a couple of years. And it's called the glow up. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> um, I wasn't featured as a glow up gladiator. Instead, they actually offered me something that was on my bucket list of things I wanted to do before I leave this earth, which is what you have like to have an opportunity to pitch us. And I was like, what, what does that mean? And they're like, well, you mean, we mean like you can write for us, you know, like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it'll be a one-time thing. Maybe it'll be something that'll be long-term. And I like, if it was anything I wanted to do in this lifetime is I wanted to be a writer. Um, but it was one of those things that people told me I couldn't do. You know, um, I, I was told in, in school I was not, you know, that I wasn't the the writing type because everything that came out my mouth sounded like aggression to some people, despite having my experience doing open mics. So fast forward, I, I wrote that article. Article went viral. Um, I shifted my career into going into the culinary industry, and I was essentially like people were sending me loads and loads and loads and loads of positive messages. Oh my God, I can't believe that person said that to you. And look at you, you know, telling that heckler off. And they had me on a high for a really long time. But with every high, there's going to be a low. Um, I met that low in 2019, um, where it was supposed to be a moment where I was supposed to be feeling like I was on top of the world. I got picked up for Hoka. The next month, I was accused of cheating at a marathon. Um, 
And I was like, uh, do you mean the person that goes on social media and shows every mile they're at? And I tell the good, bad, and ugly. I'm like, hey, guys, it's mile one. I'm feeling great. Mile six, I really hate this. Mile 12, where am I? Mile 18, I really, really have a really bad chafe. I'm getting super TMI in my stories, um, which is how I'm built, building up my following. On this particular race, I was rerouted. I had no idea I was rerouted during this race. Um, I found out through followers. Um, I found out through going back and forth and using some very colorful words um, with a guy who I would like to leave um, as nameless. Um, if you, anybody wants to entertain themselves and look it up, they can look it up for themselves. I wrote some very colorful words back to him and was like, how dare you? How dare you? You know, accuse me. Oh, cheating at a marathon. It, it didn't help that I had another, I went through another viral moment weeks before it where um, I don't have any control over how the titles are put out for Huffington Post, but the title was something along the lines of I'm running 10 marathons this year and I'm still being fat shamed. And I was talking about my experience and my perspective of being a ultra marathoner, any crazy person that goes out there and runs more than 26.2 miles. I'm the person who ran a hundred, um, a hundred K, um, equivalent to 62 miles. Um, and I was just like, I'm doing all this work that people tell me that I cannot do in a body like this. Um, I had, the, you know, trigger warning. Um, at one point I explored, um, the disordered eating, um, after being suggested to eat 1200 calories while marathon training, um, spoiler alert, not the best thing to do. Um, you know, I've heard every horrible thing about me, but the problem was, is I actually believed it myself. And I was like, there's no way I can call myself an athlete unless I'm a certain size. And then I started realizing that after I had all these letters pouring back at me, I'm like, I'm trying to become something I'm already am. And I'm looking for validation about something I've already been doing. So now that I'm here, why am I scared of it? And it's because I just didn't see anybody that looked like me. I didn't hear anyone that spoke, that sounded like me. And then when I started, I stopped looking for that approval. Ironically, the people who I was looking for was already there. I looked to my left, looked to my right. I'm like, there goes another plus size marathoner. There goes another, you know, black woman who's out here doing the same thing I'm doing. And we're friends now. Um, we're oftentimes confused for each other. And that's my my homie Myrna Valerio. You know, mm. um, you know, and it's it's you know, it's crazy to be in that. But 2019 was supposed to be the best year of my life. And I found myself going back and forth with this one particular guy that led to a woman who stalked me for 19 months. And the internet watched it. And people basically essentially told me, and there's so many words, shut up and dribble. You're, you're an athlete. You're an influencer. You've got to get used to getting negative feedback. But what I didn't sign up for was to get death threats from random people. Um, I did not sign up for being harassed morning, noon, night while I'm, while I'm sleeping. I did not sign up for damn near getting attacked um, five times. Thankfully, um, I'm well-versed in self-defense and I will not go into detail with that, you know, of how much my, my extent of my background is. But if it wasn't for these tools, I don't know. Um, and I, I don't wish onto anyone to experience those low points I've gone through. And everything in me at one point was just like, it's not too late to hide. And it's actually not too late to disappear. Um, if anyone can actually follow where I'm going, because I don't want this to get flagged. Um, I hit rock bottom. I, even while I was being celebrated 
I didn't have enough money to even afford mental health services. I literally went from a career that was almost six figures to going back to five figures and making the equivalent of what would be someone at McDonald's, <laughs> um, you know, before the minimum wage went up. Because what people don't understand is that that money is now being split with other people. So some of the stuff that you're hearing about in Hollywood translates the same way when it comes down to some of your favorite content creators and influencers out there. Um, and it's hard. And it's like a lot of this was just like, how do I normalize this type of abuse? And people are literally watching me drowning. And when we, we talk, when we use that metaphor of drowning, we always think of something dramatic, of it's loud. Drowning is not loud. It's quiet. You know, that person's already under and they're fighting and it's loud to them. It's not loud to everybody else. Nobody knows that the person is drowning until they see that body float. And that's essentially what I felt like. And I was expected to do that over and over and over again. Be graceful. Show up as you. Change up your language. You know, now I was being accused of the things I remember from childhood. You're too loud. You know, um, the, the way that you're talking, you know, like if you if you show up in a space like that, how do you expect people to give you respect and be, be very deliberate? How do you expect white people to give you respect? They gave you permission to be here. And I was like, no, 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 no. Ne let's not make, let's not, let's be clear here. Gave myself permission to show up in this space. Gave myself permission to show up while fat, while black, while chronically disabled, you know, while, while queer. I, I gave myself permission to do that. But I, I was constantly being told, not just from people I didn't know, but I was hearing this even from friends who were not in my position. So I felt like I was just moving through this alone. You know, even as my family watched, my husband was supportive, my friends were supportive. But when I'm going to these races and traveling around, literally around the world, most of these places I was traveling alone. And it's really easy to stay there. But for me, all I know is discomfort. My chronic conditions is probably the thing that, that saved me at the same time while it makes me probably one of the things that I'm probably not the most confident in. You know, um, what it's taught me is that as a person who's used to being in physical discomfort, there's nothing more uncomfortable than not being yourself, than not trying, than not daring yourself to say, I've done and explored everything possible and this is my end product. And for me, there's a personal joy and a radical joy in that. And I'm daring and challenging myself to show up as me, not as my representative. I'm not trying to be the next Serena Williams. I'm not trying to be the next anybody. I'm trying to be the next Latoya Shante Snell. That's me. I'm trying to be me every single day, 365 and the fourth. I'm trying to be me in this space. And if people like that and they love that and they respect me, then great. But if they don't like me, then maybe this is not my people. Maybe this is not my community. And being consistent about that at first, I was met with a lot of regression. People were just like, you know, in the influencer world, I'm going to unfollow you. Okay. You know what? <laughs> I, I enjoyed you for the time that you were here. You know, um, I, I'm, I don't need no departure notice. You know, uh, okay. You know, so I watched the numbers drop. But when you when you start to think about it, like I can see it in hindsight. These people who said that they're going to leave you, they were never here for you. They were here for your representative.
They came here with this idea of, I can mold you into something that I want you to be. Um, you know, now, um, that you, you represented something to them at first, but your growth is not going in the same direction. And the thing is, you don't have to pander to people who never considered you. They, ne they never considered you. So for 2019, the hardest lesson was to navigate through the, the real things that were not just in my head, like the death threats, the, the people who are telling me that I don't, I don't need to be here, navigating through my own brain, and then having to remind myself and check into myself to say, what does Latoya Shante Snell look like at this moment? What, 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 is, what is she trying to do? What is she trying to accomplish? Um, in 2020, I was able to meet um, the person who would become my triathlon coach. Um, and that's Morgan Lattimore. Amazing, 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 amazing dude. He's like, before I take on any of, um, of my clients, so whether, you know, whether I met them through the triathlon community or not, he's like, I always ask them a list of questions. And he's like, what's your why? And I told him something generic. I was like, oh, you know, well, I want to see the best version of myself. And he was like, um, frankly, bullshit. Um, so I'm going to ask you again, what, what is your why? And it took me about close to an hour as I was just talking it through with him. And I came to this statement of, I just really want to emancipate myself. And maybe if I emancipate myself, then maybe I'll be able to emancipate others along the way. And he's like, that's your why. That's your real why. And he's like, you don't know who you are yet. You don't even know who you're becoming. And that's when things started to click. It Like literally sometimes you just need the helpers. That you you think that you got things figured out. Like, I still don't think I have everything figured out. And I'm okay with that. I came to a peace with that. But sometimes we are gifted this opportunity to be around people, even the negative people. So we can figure out along the way of what we're trying to build, what we're trying to become, what our legacy is going to be. And I, I've now more than ever, I haven't felt this so confident in my life to know that my legacy is about disrupting that I don't have to be quiet. I also don't have to be animated. I don't I don't owe anyone anything. What I do owe to myself is to be me and to explore and to make mistakes and to and to try different things and to excite myself, to invigorate myself. That's what running and any type of sport, whether we're talking about pole dancing, something that people was like, you need to do that, you're a mom. <laughs> baby I loved it um and I have two left feet um I still didn't get that down <laughs> I pole dancing they told me it wasn't for me they told me running was not for me they told me ultra running was not for me they told me triathlon you girl you can't even swim honey I still am a horrible swimmer and you're doing it I'm I'm still doing it you know, I'm like, let's try the scary things. Let's tell, let, let's yeah. try, let's dismantle all the things that we've been told passively or directly that we're not supposed to do. And I'm just like, I love that. And that's my identity. I am a disruptor. And I'm like, if I can recruit other people to drink this juice, to dis disrupt something in your life, it don't have to be about running or triathlons or any of that, then I, I want that to be contagious. We already have enough bad stuff out here, you know, that's telling us not to do something. So how about we just take a chance on ourselves? Yeah. Let's talk about this emancipation. So I feel like you were emancipated to try. And yeah. that's how I kind of heard about you. And I think 
Hoka helped to elevate that because they gave you an opportunity to try a triathlon, right? So shout out to Hoka for giving you that opportunity. But let's talk about, you found out you wanted, your why was to emancipate yourself. Yeah. To break free, you know, from the bondage. Um, so what does that look like now? Mm. <laughs> you know, you've, you've, yeah. you have this freedom, you have this platform, you have this coach, you have this opportunity to try. What did that look like? Learning how to swim since you say you're still a horrible swimmer, so you hard. know, learning the bike, what yeah. did that feel like? And then transitioning to running and putting them all together. And you've also done duathlon. So you are yeah. a multi-sport athlete, yes. but many people don't know that because they only associate you with running. Running. Yep. Yeah. Let's talk about this emancipation to try. Cause I feel like we started with self-love, but I feel like emancipated to try is the title. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. See, <laughs> like, I feel like this is what the title is going to be. So we're saying yes. emancipated to try. Yes. Come like, on. Yeah. Like, you know, so when I, when, uh, when Hoka reached out to me, um, they reached out to me the beginning of 2018. It was for a magazine called Huck Magazine. Um, and it was like from somebody's Gmail account. I still didn't understand how people pitch. And I didn't realize like, oh, freelance writer is not exactly, they're not exactly writing me or reaching out to me all the time from a business email. They might be reaching out to me from their personal account. So once I got past that and I was like, okay, this is not a scam. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's very real um you know and i had this freelance writer who was just like hey you know they would love to you know um send you two free sneakers and my whole thing before i even came into the idea that i was somewhat of an influencer i was so anti-influencer i didn't believe i was one until 2019 so it was a lot of things that hoka kind of unwrapped for me um along the way so 2018, they um Huck um the the person that was writing the article about me for Huck magazine was like they want to send you two free sneakers and I was like that's cute but I'm not wearing anybody's product um and co-signing to anything that I don't believe in that's something that's been my morals um for years um and at times I'm like that's probably the thing that stopped me from being a millionaire <laughs> at this point and I'm okay with that like I am completely okay with that I think that anything that you're gonna sit here and say I'm gonna co-sign it I'm like you you really need to know how this thing works so you know how to advocate for it you know and I, I do the same thing when it comes down to people so here I am I'm, I'm working with their product or whatever um and I was able to meet the team uh the team asked me in person the first day I met them they asked what do you you know what do your dreams look like and I was like man I was like my friend Myrna Valerio you know my, my ultra running buddy you know she was just like you know I read her book before it actually got published and she talked about this crazy race called the Havelina 100 100K. And it's in the desert. And I was like, but financially, accessibility is a huge thing. I'm like, I don't have money for this. I don't even have money to buy your sneakers, you know, to be very frank. I was like, I don't, I barely have enough money to, to pay for the, you know, pay for clothes um, to be in this scene. Because when I was out there, first time I went running, um, people were just like, what are those? Before that became a trend. And it was just like, what are those? And I'm like, pay less shoe source. They, they burn out in about 20, you know, about 20 um, hours in, you know, um, I don't have any sneakers anymore. They're just, just feet. That's what they're called, feet, you know? Um, so, <laughs> so this is all I had, you know, had access to. And Hoka was just like, we can help you with that. But then that's when it came with my, like, I didn't know how to process that. I'm like, I'm a Brooklyn girl. I'm a 
85, 1985 born Brooklyn girl who was conditioned to the idea that nobody gives you anything for free. Like, no, 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 no. There has to be some type of strings attached. And they're like, no, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll help you with the entry and we'll fly you out and we'll supply you with clothing. <laughs> and, and we'll give you some other experiences right along with it. And some of the other experiences and opportunities that it presented to me was, what are your other dreams? And I was like, man, my wildest dreams I have on my bucket list, I would love to be a triathlete. And they're like, well, what race do you have in mind? And I was like, one of these days I'm going to do either a half Ironman or a full Ironman. And it was like, well, we sponsor that. And I'm like, okay, so what else do y'all sponsor? Like, you know, like, you know, like, because it feels like I'm saying my dreams out loud. And then I, I've never had the opportunity where someone was like, I can help you with that and actually follow through. I've had a lot of people say to me, like, yeah, I'm going to be there for you, whatever. And next thing you know, you're looking around like, hey, it's three sessions in. Where you at? What happened? Where you at? Where you at, friend? You know, like, I, I mean, and these are like, you know, people who I trust, who I can, I feel like I can be vulnerable with. But what what I didn't get is that sometimes, you know, people's dreams don't align with yours. Or maybe the people that is willing to help you are not the people who are equipped to help you um, with certain things. Or at some point, you exhausted out your, your, your the, the help. You know, at that point, it's not that you're a bad person. It's more like, this is as far as I can take you. Now you got to take this other journey and find your other helpers or you got to figure out how to do it on your own. And essentially that's what Hoka helped me with. They was just like, if accessibility is a thing, that's a barrier. Let's help you with that. But when it came down to the actual training itself, it required me to show up. The I wish that it was a happy ending to that story to say, you know, I did the Iron Man and, you know, I lived happily ever after. But the reality of it is that I was great when it came to the training for the running portion. And when it came to the cycling, cycling was not an unfamiliar territory. Anyone that goes and take a deep dive into my social media, particularly on my Instagram, you would have recognized I started off doing yoga. I was doing um I was doing bathroom yoga because I couldn't afford to go to classes. I literally was like, it was the space. Did you say bathroom yoga? Bathroom yoga. I cannot make this up. I was doing yoga saunas in my bathroom because at the time my child was probably about four or five years old. He was my little big head, bobblehead baby. And essentially I, I didn't have time to go to even the dropping classes. It's like, you know, pay it, you know, pay whatever you have. I, I couldn't afford it. <laughs> couldn't afford it um not to mention at the time I, I thought I was like I was going through body dysmorphia which is something that a lot of people go through I was just like you want me to go in there with shorts and a bra um or like a short short and I'm, I'm supposed to be in the room and I'm gonna be the the, the biggest girl in the class and I'm black no 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 mm. and, you know and, I, and my friend who was one of the people that was an enabler she was like and she has a high-pitched voice and she will kill me when she hears this. Um, I, I, I literally will, I will say, I can't go in there. And she's a black instructor and she's like no more than five feet. And she's like, everybody farts. If you're worried about farting, everybody farts. And she's going to she's gonna get me for that voice. But that's literally how she sounds. You know, so she has a high-pitched voice, but she's, she's, she's short and mighty and powerful. And she was taking me through these asanas. And that was like my opening. Those are the enablers there. Hoker became my enabler, where they were just like, we can see, help you see through this. But the problem was, is I was taking on so many things so quickly that I got excited about the help that I didn't pace myself. So by the time I got to doing the Ironman, I was like, oh, I, I did all this running training. I did all this cycling training. I didn't do nothing about the swim. <laughs> like, 
this this woman I'm, psychologically I wasn't ready um so I almost drowned um twice when I was a kid um and I believe that some of the stereotypes that's associated to black people in swimming we don't do that you know and I also have a mom who um told me her horror stories about when she went to Prospect Prom what was it Prospect Heights High School in the 70s and she's like oh I told my shrimp my swim instructor that I had my menstrual every day until the, the instructor just got tired and was like you know I can just fail you for the class and you don't have to take it again and essentially that was her whole past so when I heard that story I inherited her fears and then the mm -hmm. take a chance of being in a three-foot pool like you know a lot of kids want to go to the pool and we're jumping around and I had a kid that literally thought it was funny the first time um, pushed me into the deep end, trying to push, steadily pushing me into the deep end. I got scared and I almost drowned. Second time, my husband was trying to be that brave person for me. Um, he got me to a place where I was bold enough to get to, I think it was like four or five feet. And then a kid jumped on my head. I went into instant panic. And we are like anyone that swims that knows when you are fighting, and you're flipping and flabbering around your leg, your arms and the legs, your exhausting energy. And instead of just putting your hands down at your side, you know, let let your body naturally do what it's going to do. It's going to flow. Mm. I I didn't know. I didn't. When when you're when you have that education, like that education is powerful. I didn't know that. Like calm your brain. Like you know, like your body's gonna your body is going to flow. It's going to do what it's what it's designed to do. And. I didn't have anyone that had that language, including my husband, who was just like, you know, he learned like a lot of kids did. They threw themselves into the water and they figured it out. Um, and I just was not that person. I am not naturally brave. I'm going to be very honest. Um, and that, that sounds crazy to a lot of people when they, they hear my story. I'm like, I'm not naturally brave. I am the person who um, I don't kill water bugs in my house. I don't, me and mice do not get along. Um, I do not like scorpions or um, tarantulas or the idea of running into the desert and knowing that I might see a coyote. Like, no, who, who, no, why? Mm. Like, that that's not me. So a lot of the things I'm doing, I'm doing these things scared. 90% mm. of what you see me do, I am doing it scared. And it doesn't matter how much I've done it over and over again. All it does is just build onto my fear because I have, literally, I've been diagnosed with CPTSD. Um, I have really bad anxiety. Um, I have deep depression. And these were things I've been working through over the years. And it's essentially the more I've been doing this, the more my confidence has been building, the less that I've been actually meeting that fear anymore. Because now I've already dismantled it. And I've been educating myself along the way of how do I face this? Step by step, not the way that somebody else may train me. Things that make it make sense inside of my neurodivergent head. Okay, okay so I have a question. Because yeah. you know how to talk. And I was like, if you don't jump in here, Mashonda, you're not going to get a word in. Because mm -hmm. Latoya can go. I can go. Because you're a storyteller. Yes. But I want to pause because I want to go back to, you have this coach. Hoka is allowing you to have your dreams. You bit off a lot. So you didn't realize all the things that you were biting off. So what happened to the race? Did you do the race or did you no, not do the race? I didn't do it at all. I did not do it at all. I was just like this because the first, the culture they gave me originally was training me how to do an ultra marathon. And I was like, oh, I'll figure out to swim because I was scared to ask for help. Like when I, when mm. I say that, because to me, I was just like, they already gave me so much. They, they, you know, I'm not used to somebody saying, hey, here's some sneakers to test out. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> you mean? 
test out these sneakers and see how I like it. And, you know, after I saw like the third and fourth packages, I was like, I don't deserve this. I'm not, I'm not a pro athlete. <laughs> like I'm not used to people giving me things. And I, I wasn't looking at it as I, I still didn't look at myself as an athlete. So when, like, that's why I, I can't say it enough, you know, it's one thing to have an opportunity presented to you, but when you don't just think that you deserve to be in that spot, it's hard to receive it. It's like yeah. getting your roses. That's yeah. nice. You gave me the roses, but I, I don't know what to do with this. But you lived a little bit more. Yes, I And did. you found out something to do with it because that's how I met you in person. Yes. I met you in person in July, 2023 yes. at the Philadelphia Women's Triathlon presented or by Domo Sports. Domo Sports. I love them. And so, right. They, yes. They're good people. Yes. They're good people. Um, and I don't think I saw you until it was the bike course because you yes. were a rabbit for me in a good way. That's how I was like, that is hilarious. Yeah, I kept yes. following the rainbow braids. I said, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to track her down. <laughs> I love that. I was oh. like, I had some Philadelphia, uh, rock and roll Philadelphia triathlon it was my first triathlon. And so that course has some trauma on it. Right. I mean, it's, half it's not the full course it's half of it but I had been working so hard on my cycling and I was like my goal is to track down everybody who's in front of me mm, and I, then it's so funny because my girlfriend who came and did the race with me Brianna yep Brianna I'm putting you her she was trying to track me down and she was so close but she didn't make it just putting it out there Brianna but <laughs> we have those internal goals Love right. It. And it's healthy competition. So I tracked because you think you had rainbow locks at the time. Yeah. Like this is like this is probably like a, a spinoff from what I had. Like now yeah. it was like more fall, but they were really bright. But it was like it's my goal to like get you, but then encourage you and then ride off. Yes. Yes. And you sure did. You you definitely shouted out to me because I was putting in so much energy and that was one of the feedback. That was the feedback you gave me. And the thing is, mm -hmm. I always felt like I'm always that person that's like the boundary setting up. No, I don't want unsolicited feedback, but it's about how you put it out there to somebody. Right. Yeah. The way that you did it, it was just so much love that it wasn't ego behind it. It was just like, girl, you do your thing, but why are you cranking so hard? Like, you know, like, like, <laughs> I mean, you was grinding. I was, I was grinding like, like hell. She ain't got no legs by the time it comes for the run. And I was like, let me just help her. I was like, why don't you shift down? Shift down, sis. Now I'm passing you, but shift down. Because I want you to be able to run. Because that's what you do best. Yes. I <laughs> couldn't run, girl. I was I was so damn tired. And but, because of that, but that's like, this is me getting past my hiccups. Because like, you know, my beast is knowing what, you know, what the, the, you know, the marathons and the ultra marathons. I know what comes with that. Triathlon is a different kind of beast. You know, like when you're out there, like, and the thing is, this is the things that my coach had told me. He was just like, you're putting in too much energy too quick. You know, like, and that's, that's, that's still my issue with almost any discipline. I go in there like a sprinter, not remembering, baby, this is about endurance. Pace yourself. Take your time. The, the course is not going anywhere, but you got to understand the other part of me is battling. I'm used to being the last place. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm just like, I got to get to this part to get to this part just so I can have a, at least a remote slim chance of making it to the end because with my my running background experience is I know what it is to come in to finish lines last. You know, there's a possibility that there's no medal, there's no amenities. 
um, everything's being dismantled, except for they even remember you're out there. So when it came down to entering someplace like Delmo Sports with the Women's Philly Try, where it really is a celebration, mm -hmm. yeah. that felt weird to me. Even with doing this for the second year, I was just like, no, maybe I lucked out the first year. And then having that, by the time I meet you, at, you know, the 2023, I'm just like, oh, so they really are inclusive. Like, we're not just saying the word inclusive. Like, you know, it's not it's not like a pretty, you know, wrapping paper of inclusivity. It, they actually do it. Um, so now I'm able to give myself permission to do the things that I've actually been told. I'm not moving in panic mode. So what you saw in me was like, yeah, I was excited to be on a bike. But I was also in panic mode because I already had the experience from 2022 where I knew that hill was coming. And I was like, oh, Lord, OK, let me give myself permission to um, slow down then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, like, I, you, know, I, I, you know, I think with any sport, um, any discipline, um, becoming friends with your trauma um, and being able to give it a warm hug. Um, and saying that everything's going to be okay. Um, you just got to pace yourself. That's probably the the mantra and the thing that I'm working mm. through, especially with triathlons. Yeah. So becoming friends with your trauma, which is swimming. Yeah. Talk about, you've done demo sports now for two years in a row where mm -hmm. you've had to do the swim, where you get to swim in Kelly pool. It's a 300, it's a 300 yard. I think it's a 300 yard. That's why I got to correct you there. So I've, sw I've signed up twice and literally at the last minute at both to both events i was like i can't like my anxiety has been crippling when i say like so i think a lot of people are so used to me muscling through that they don't like uh, i think that is is it's easy for me to mask how bad my anxiety is so to date there's been only two events that i was able to do um well a swimming portion and both of those were virtual so every time I signed up with Delmo Sports, I've literally told them at the last minute, and I told myself this year, that's not happening. I'm already signed up for 2024. So I okay. so this year, I can't, I cannot back out of this. So literally, I was just like, hey, like at the time it was Rachel, I believe her name is um, Rachel at um, Delmo Sports. I was mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, Rachel, um, I, I really need to drop down. And she's like, you sure? And I was like, my anxiety is so bad. The first year I was ready. And then my menstrual came. So the other part of like of my element is I have chronic illnesses and I've tended up. Um, one of the things that plague me, well, two of the things that plague me the most um, is stage four endometriosis and polycystic ovarian syndrome. And mm. they cause all different types of debilitating cramps. I'm used to running in conditions where my menstrual has literally seeped through, you know, my clothing. I was terrified in 2022 because this was a day, and I apologize to anyone who is not used to hearing this so graphic. I'll I'll spare you details. With endometriosis, it can make you clot mm -hmm. um, to a place where it is not just physical discomfort, but it is a time where an invisible illness like that, an invisible condition, makes itself very, very um, it's in your face. Mm -hmm. There are no tampons or cups or pads that can hold on to it and I can't swim with a pad um unless I want to have you know extra air and all I kept thinking to myself is I'm going to go into this water and they're going to see a sea of red and people are going to be grossed out and I'm going to ruin everybody's experience 
even though I knew I, I knew at that time I had so I was much more confident in 2022 to do that swim than I was in 2023 because I put in more time and I had time with Morgan um, after we had did the Iron Man documentary and he was just like he's like we got to get past this fear of because I had an issue like I have sensory issues like crazy so yeah. for me I have a problem with water going in my ears and my nose and he's mm-hmm. like we're gonna take this off during this filming process and I was like Morgan we didn't talk about this for the film and he's like no no no, no. he's like screw the, screw the cameras screw the video He's like, no, you're, you're going to learn how to get past this fear. And right. I literally sat there and was like paralyzed for like 45 minutes. And I'm like, I guess we're not filming because, um, and they literally just, they kept, the, they kept the cameras rolling and he got me through that process. And I'm like, everybody needs Morgan in their life. Um, yeah. He just kept saying the right words to me. And he's like, imagine your son standing here. And he's like, aren't you always brave for your son? And I'm like, I'm always brave for my son. He's like, do you want your son to be scared like this? And I, and that was the thing that clicked. And I was like, it's like there it is. I hate you, Morgan, but I love you. So, <laughs> so 2024. Yes, 2024. No, I that that's not that's not an option to me. So what I'm looking into is trying to find it. I mean, maybe this is a bird call to someone um in New York City. Um, even if I have to go to Philly, um, just to do it. I, I need a, a swim instructor that's physically here. Um, either in New York or in Philly that is willing to work with me. Um, I, I That's that's my biggest, I, I need someone who's um, trained and proficient to work with someone who has that type of trauma um, and is willing to go back and forth with me. Because the thing is, I get to a place where with consistency, mm-hmm. I'm brave. And then if I have two weeks off, it's like I took three steps back. Um, I think so, you know, and I, so I don't want to scare anybody, you know, that's a beginner, but the thing is, if that's really your fear, sometimes the consistency is the thing that gets us out of that fear. And then that stuff starts to become intuitive. That's what it was for me with cycling. I didn't learn until I was what, 28 and a bunch of kids in the playground was like, miss, you can't do it like that. You have to fall. And literally a bunch of kids <laughs> in the sweetest way heckling me and was like, yeah. how this you got to this big old age and you can't, you know, you can't ride. I literally had to get myself to a place where I was doing it consistently to get past the fear. So we got you on that. I know some people who know some Uh-oh. people who know some people. So we'll we'll get you some people who can um who can help you with the swimming part. Okay, enable. Uh, let's talk about duathlons. Yeah. Because you have done those. So tell us yeah. about your first duathlon experience. Oh my gosh. I first um first and foremost, always look up a course and see where you're going. Um, I was just so excited about the idea. I was like, oh, I can run and ride a bike, but putting those two things together and not taking into consideration that these things require transitions, um, activation of different muscles. Um, your body's going to feel like jello when you make those transitions, learning how to mm-hmm. ride in cycling shoes. These were things I was not aware of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I threw myself into it. And I remember crying once I made it up. I did mine uh, with Prospect Park. Um, not Prospect Park, excuse me. I did it with um, Central Park. So I did it with New York Trum. It was the New York Triathlon.org, um, New York Tri.org. They have an event that's in Central Park, and my legs were on fire. Um, there's uh, three hills in Central Park. There's Cat Hill, there's Three Sisters, and then there's Harlem Hill. 
Harlem Hill is probably close to a half a mile to maybe no more than three quarters of a mile. And this thing twirls and then it goes up. And I didn't master climbing. I was just like, oh yeah, you know, I've done century rides before. This will mm -hmm. be okay. No. <laughs> so one, but make sure you get that training. You know, make sure you get the training in. But like, yeah, like um, the first experience, it wasn't traumatic, but it was definitely a teacher. Um, and I felt so invigorated despite coming damn near like one of the last people. No, actually, I might have been the last person. I remember just being so winded that I almost puked at the finish line. But I was just mm. like, I want to do that again because it sadistically feels really good. Um, and I haven't had that feeling since the first time I ever did, I ran a race. Um, I ran my first race in Central Park. And despite knowing the course, I didn't think about the impact of what it would feel like having to do that loop twice um, and then have to take those really jello legs and go out there. That second win is what gets you with that second run. Um, I think it was two miles, but it was like one, some of the hardest two miles of my life. And I'm like, I am fighting here. And nothing clicks. <laughs> there is definitely an art to duathlons. And I think, you know, just like tries, they all have and present themselves with challenges. Yes. One thing I want to talk about, and I don't think I've ever asked anyone this. So this is a first for me. Um, you know, a lot of times we glorify fast. We glorify mm -hmm. professional. We, glor we glorify those who are elite. But the backpack doesn't get a lot of love. And although I've done a marathon, I've done some 5Ks, 10Ks, I, I teeter that back of the pack even there and with triathlons. Right. And um, I would like for you to talk because you're saying you're always the last. Always what last. mindset is that? And how can you encourage someone who may feel self-conscious about always coming in last? Mm. The thing is, just like someone has to come in first, somebody has to come in last. Even the fastest people, somebody comes in last. You know, um, but you're not last if you started. Like, uh, so the, 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 I'll try to make a shorter way of explaining that. For me... I think back to the person who did not consider themselves athletic. I would have never been brave enough to sign up for a half marathon. I would have never, that person would have never thought that they were capable of doing a 5k. I, actually, I would have overthought it and thought, have I ever done a 5k in my life? And realistically, I break it down to things that's familiar. So I'm like a 5k is essentially 3.1 miles. Those 3.1 miles, it might mean that I went to my corner store and back. That means I went right back out and like we we all almost all of us have walked a 5K, but we broke it up into sections of our day. So now I'm just like, all I'm doing is just doing this continuously. Um, but before I go to race day, I'm going to train for these things. So a lot of what we're doing is about conditioning our mindset, not just our bodies. Our bodies mm -hmm. get familiar. It's a familiar playground of I'm going to move throughout whatever course this is, whether we're talking about running, swimming, cycling, whatever it may be, we're making ourselves familiar. We're understanding our body. We're understanding our ticks. When, um, when do we eat at certain times? When do we hydrate at certain times? And that's great. The other challenges that present itself of being in the back of the pack is the uncertainty if certain amenities are going to be there. 
So for me, um, for anyone that's entering any sport, any discipline, I would say do your research. This is like added steps. I always say this, like in the chronic illness community, we call it spoons. We have certain spoons that we have um, in a day that we can use. So know what your spoons and your triggers are. For one, if your biggest anxiety is I'm going to get left behind, there's nothing like picking the brains of other people who have done it before you. Hey, um, have you done this race? How inclusive are they? Are they actually going to stay around and stick around for the person that's last? No, they don't. They actually know they're going to tear this stuff down. Um, they was pulling things before time. Okay, maybe this is not the race that you want to do as the first time. You know, maybe you want to look for something that has a longer distance than your slowest run. Um, and then add on an extra 10, 20, 30 minutes to it. So you're going to have a little bit more, um, you're going to feel a little bit more empowered, brave, and considered when you're signing up for these races. Um, secondly, we have to, I know this is, it sounds cliche, but you have to focus on your own race. Someone is going to be in front of you most of the times. Most of us are, not, are never, ever going to see first place, and that's okay. That does not mean that you don't deserve celebration. This may mean that, you carry your own stuff just to make sure that you are covered. This takes away the anxiety of what if somebody else don't have me out here in this course? Well, I got me. I have this hydration pack or I have this gel or maybe I set up my own cheerleading squad. That kind of leads into number three. Sometimes you have to bring your own cheerleaders. Then maybe the people that's out there in the course, that's cool. They cheer for their loved ones and now the crowds are starting to dissipate, dissipate out there. Maybe your cheerleading is your headphones. You got one ear in, one ear out, and you're moving throughout the course. Okay, certain courses are like, we, we're not going to let you have music. That's fine. Find your helper that's out there in the course. I, I can't you not whether it was through marathons, ultra running, or the triathlon, there have been strangers who have been kinder to me than people I've ever met in my everyday life. They are inspired mm. by you. They are empowered when they see you coming through. There is mm. someone out there that is always watching. I think we get mm. caught up with the idea that we need a large crowd to cheer us on. Sometimes all you need is one. And let that one person feel you through until you get to that finish. So doing your research and figuring out what race will consider me, what race will accommodate for my, you know, my needs, my need, my, my my wants, my desires, um, is the is the best way to go about it. Also taking into consideration that, you know, when it comes down to your fueling and your hydration, you want to have those basic amenities there. When it comes down to bathrooms, that can be a little sketchy, but this is when I also encourage you to do your homework as well. What other places may be along the route? The reason why I love the New York City Marathon is not because they actually started celebrating people in the back of the pack, but because it's New York City, our unique thing is we have a lot of bodegas and we have a lot of businesses along that route. So I know once I get past that second mile, even when some things start to break down, when the lights go out, when, when it starts to get you know to that sunset point and the crowds aren't there, there's restaurants who it's just like, you're still in a marathon? Oh, you got your bib on? Come in here. You, do you need water? Know who your helpers are. That's I, good. I, I think so many people think that, you know, there's not people that's out there that's willing to actually cheer you, cheer you on. Um, yeah. I, this is all about, you know, combining that mindset with the physical efforts that you're already training for. That's it. Now I want to flip this switch a bit and ask, you know, I've talked about being a last, you know, the last person in a race, but what is it like to race in a bigger body? Mm. 
Being an and how do you wrap that in to self-love to keep trying? And how can you encourage someone else who might be struggling because they don't fit the mold of the thinner models that are showcased in advertisements, especially in the trial space? I don't recall seeing anyone who mm-hmm. is really representative of a fuller figure for brands that support um Try suit. I could be, just don't know. And there could be somebody, I just haven't seen it. So exactly. let me put that out there. So what is it like for you? And how can you encourage uh, a beginner who might be a little self-conscious about, um, a little bit about themselves as we are, since this was kind of like self-love on or wrap it up before we get to rapid fire yes, with that, like you said, who? No, 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 definitely. No, I, I was following along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we got to get to our rapid fire questions. Yes. But I want to just, yes. you know, because that's something that I, as a fuller figure woman, you know, not fuller figure, I'm plus size. I'm a big girl. Always have been, right? But I look good with mine. Yes. I'm okay with that, right? Yes. But it is, it's sometimes hard to see when you don't see a lot of people that look like you. And so I know you've dealt with it and I just want you to offer some encouragement to this audience. Right. Um. So when it comes down to being plus size, um, I do not look at myself as a burden. Um. I do not, I, I, I encourage people to take up all the space and not just the, the expression, take up all the space literally and figuratively, take up the space. Um, practice the stretching out your arms, you know, the looking in the mirror and staring at, at the mirror and just taking in all of you. Um, it, it helps when you are out there and you are trying to tackle that new thing. It doesn't have to be a running environment. It could be walking into your office and being um, brave. So that might be, you know, loosening up your shoulders, standing up straight, you know, um, about the, the, that, that, that confidence speaks through. Um, you know, for me, um, I will always, I would say in the beginning, it was very uncomfortable. Uh, instead of ignoring or what people would say, practicing toxic positivity, um, I don't encourage that. If anything, I tell people, feel it, um, make notes of what you are feeling, what things make you feel uncomfortable. And then I want you to look at that same list and ask yourself, what exactly, where is this coming from? Do you have a root? you know, a, a element of where this is a source of where this is coming from. Most of the things that I've learned about being plus size, I realize a lot of this stuff can be debunked when it comes down to the BMI, the body mass index was never created or crafted um, to be, um, to be used um, in the medical system. And when I took that away, I'm like, okay, um, well, other things to so give me something else. Like, you know, like when I, when it came down to the lack of representation, I was like, you know what, then maybe I have to be the person that creates the community. You know, and it doesn't have to be this dramatic thing of I plus size girl have to go out here and I'm going to represent all runners. No, we, we, we don't need all that. Um, and, and instead, I'm just going to represent myself. I deserve to be here like everybody else and make that a mantra. But that mantra is not going to be something that just comes about overnight. It requires consistency. It requires practice. So if it means that your first your, your first training run looks like putting on the clothes and then looking at yourself in a mirror, maybe that is your first step. I think that some of us need to dress the part so we can feel like we belong to acknowledge that we do actually belong here. Most times people are going to give you this routine of, oh, when you want to go to a gym, you got to put on your clothes. Now go into the gym and then they're not giving you the nuance that's in it. Go to, Before you go to the gym, check out what the hours look like. 
um, check out when they're, they're high and low, um, you know, the, how many people is going to be at the gym. If you have anxiety about being stared at, maybe we need to build up our comfort level and doses. There's too much advice out there that's giving, that's telling people just show up, you know, do it. It's almost like when you see the January 1st campaigns, go out there and work out hard. And then you're burnt out by day 21 and you're like, I don't see any progress. Um, you know, this is not happening, you know, fast enough. This is not supposed to be a happy meal. It's not, it's not something that's going to be super quick. Instead, give yourself grace and just take it in pieces. And that's what we're going to do with our bodies. For years, we've been conditioned to not like the body that we're in. When we look at ourselves in the mirror, it doesn't matter what size, grace, background, um, especially when it comes to women and non-binary people, we have been conditioned and groomed to not love ourselves. Now, how the how do we debunk all of that, that, that learned behavior? Because most likely, this is not something that you just naturally told yourself. Think about the first time that you remember somebody telling you that you didn't belong. Now ask yourself, what was their, what was the, the thing that they were trying to accomplish? Is it because they don't see it in themselves and they need the company? Or did, was it something that you just didn't see? And, and maybe you have to be that change. Maybe the, the, the people that you are following on your social media account, maybe you need a detox. Like refresh the feed with people who look like you or the, the way or the, the goal or where you're trying to go. You, we don't need to put people in our lives or things in our lives that don't serve us. So when it comes down to me showing up at these races, whether it's a ultra run or a triathlon or a duathlon or being the plus size girl in the pole dancing class. Yes. I, I'm dancing just, for a little money. I'm like <laughs> dancing for a little money or dancing for a little bit of shrimp or dancing to get away from my, 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 my husband and my kid. I love them. But I'm just saying, it's like, like what makes me feel good? You know, uh, yeah. and, like it, and that's going to take time. I, I don't have a magic cure because I think sometimes people are just like, you know, give me your best tips. And I'm like, honestly, it takes for you to go through your messy to get to a place of self-love. And then even when you think you understand it, something will will come in there and give you a remix. And you're like, I don't like the way that this angle looks on me. Um, I don't like the way that the, the light is hitting me. Take the, take a picture on my better side. All sides of you are your better side, honey. We just got to learn how to love it and take away mm. all the garbage that we've been conditioned for years not to love. You know, and ask yourself, why? Is this something that I truly believe or is this something that I borrowed from somebody else who was probably yeah. equally insecure or threatened by the things that you don't even love? That, that's the, I, I just, I'm just not a, I'm not a fan of the whole toxic positivity, smiled away until it gets better. Sometimes we just have to look at it and say, you know what, today I, I do not like was bouncing back at me. I do not like the way that I'm thinking. I do not like the way I'm feeling and literally sit in it for a bit. And then once you give mm. yourself a certain amount of time to say, this is how I'm feeling. Now I need you to dismantle it piece mm. by piece. It's not going to happen overnight. Mm. Well, let's let the people sit in this. Cause that's a lot. Yes, that was a, a lot. whole mouthful. A whole that, mouthful. Was, talk, that, girl. that was a lot, especially <laughs> go through your messy. I'm like, mm. 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 listen, Listen, so, this is, I'm a girl that likes to take nude photos and um and be in lingerie. That's that my happy hour, okay? <laughs> and that's why you have a husband. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so with that in mind, 
Latoya Shante Snell, thank yeah. you so, so much. Thank you. You know, as a person who you mentioned, you have CPTSD, you have very deep depression, you are you have anxiety. We're just going to call you healed in Jesus' name, right? Listen. We are also, you know, you taught us about endometriosis and polycystic ovarian syndrome. The things that people can't see that are attacking you, but you're still going out there giving it your best try. So thank you so much for showing up as you, showing up authentically, showing up with radical self-love. And although you had to grow through that and experience that from the high highs to the low lows, you're showing us by showing up that you can still go through it and still shine at the end of the day. So thank you for shining. With that said, we're going to go to some rapid fire. Mm. Okay. So I'm going to tell her this a little bit because you are a multi-sport athlete. Yes. Primarily running is your love. That's where you're at. One of my loves. Huh? That's like one of my loves. I like power. One of your loves. Power lifter, but you're also a chef. So I'm going to curate some things in my head as we, Mm. as we go along. So just flow with me. Okay. Basics, favorite artist, favorite song. Oh, okay. Now you're speaking my language. Okay. Okay, Pull the artist out of me, baby. (laughs) I love it. So favorite artist, favorite song. Um, Prince forever. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Birthday twin. Um, I want to be your lover. Um, that like, oh my gosh, like, I, I, I do I really have to choose my only one? Yeah, Little Red Corvette, like, I, oh my gosh. Um, so Prince, yeah, Prince, okay. Prince all day, every day, the semi rapid fire, mm-hmm. fire yeah, semi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning with you, with you, Latoya. Listen, it's like, uh, listen you gotta, you gotta put me on timers. Listen, I, I told you I'm neurodivergent, girl. It's okay. It's okay. We, we all have some special qualities that make us who we are. It's all a beautiful thing. Good enhancers. Um, <laughs> good enhancers. Um, what is your favorite thing to cook? Mm, always anything with salmon. Um, but don't overcook my salmon. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. That's the best way to get on my bad side. Okay. <laughs> now let's talk about pre-race meals. What is your go-to pre-race meal? Mm. Um, if it's in the morning, um, I like to keep it simple. Um, my pre-race meals are typically, um, a half a banana with toast, um, and a little bit of honey. And I'll probably have some type of tea, but if I have enough time, I will do coffee, but that means I have to use the bathroom about five times. Paranoia. The beauties of coffee, but then the ugly parts of yes, coffee, the bathroom. Yes, yes, but at least you know everything's out. That that is true. You know, you're you're clean and you're ready. Yes, you're clean and you're yes. ready. <laughs> Nobody wants to be an emoji. <laughs> this is no okay. Focus. <laughs> Audiobook, podcast, or music when you're working out. I'm sorry. Repeat that one more time. Audiobook, podcast, or music when you're working out, or even silence? Oh, I prefer silence. I prefer okay. silence. Um, yeah, I'm a talkative girl. Sometimes I need I need a little bit of quiet hour. A little bit of quiet. Okay. Working, working out does that for me. Taper week, love it or hate it? Mm. We got this. Oh, my mood. Oh, um, these days I've started to love it. Um, before I hated I everything hurts. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
They get on this one now. Mm -mm. I know. Favorite song to strip to? Oh. Oh, I like this Mm -hmm. I like this one. Since you said you like to strip. Yeah, see that I, I like pole dancing, but my, my husband That's what I meant. Sorry, pole dancing. Look yeah, at me taking no, 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 like, pole I mean, dancing. No, taking it off. I mean, that's only on camera. I was saying, no. Um, pole dancing, that's what I meant. <laughs> I'm like, no. I mean, because no, because if somebody see me strip, uh oh no, like I don't know. Like taking strip tease classes like, that are considered pole dancing, right? They're at the pole dancing place. Yeah, no, but I do post sport. I do mostly post sport. So yeah, like that's so there's okay. There's the pole dancing where the girls got the heels on. I ain't that girl. I'm not that coordinated. Um, but you I, don't do that one. So which one do you do? Oh no, I do pole sport. So pole sport, um, you will see it with the um the Arnold Classics, like um like when you do the competitive, like so you're talking about like inversion. Like don't get me wrong, it can be the so same. I was talking about like pole dancing. Oh no, I still don't get me wrong. We still down to our booty booty shorts and we got our bras and we cute and everything and we can have our bedazzled bras and stuff. However, I am no good in nobody's heels. Um, not to mention, I told you to get into this. I got two left feet. Gotcha. I have two left feet, sis. Okay. I, I I can't dance. Um, the, okay. the two step, I'm doing three. Okay, I, I'm like I don't even know where the third leg came from, but I I I promise you, it's there. Or maybe mm. I got one. But I am really good when it comes down to doing all of the like the shapes and inverting myself and turning myself into a prince simple. Yes, I, that's me. That's me all day long. All right, all right, all right. But so what song do you like to do that to? But yes, I would say Untitled, Um, How Does It Feel? It is D'Angelo, that's my baby. D'Angelo, okay. Yes, because it forces you to slow down and you got to just yes. feel it. Girl, it's only you. <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. I am here for that. So, favorite place to run in New York City? Oh man, when I can catch it. I love the Brooklyn Bridge before all the tourists comes up there. Um, if you want a place that you can see the sunrise um, and you can just watch how it just falls over the buildings and the skyscape, um, skyscape, you want to go there right before sunrise and just pause your, your watch for a minute and just take it all in. And then mm -hmm. run across it. And I feel like that is the time where New York actually sleeps. Just mm -hmm. a little bit before all of the insanity comes in. If I can't get that, then I'm most likely going to hit all around Brooklyn. Um, but I'm going to hit through Bushwick and Williamsburg. I like the chaos. I love the graffiti. Um, it feels like it has its own soundtrack. And that's the time where I will actually play music. Because it keeps me on point. Mm. And what's your favorite Hoka shooter run in? Oh baby, no! See now, see this is where you're gonna get me, um, because I'm gonna say three of them. Um, they they all they all for different reasons, but the okay. Arahi, the Arahi, um, is a stabilizer. Um, the the Hoka Clifton, um, is my baby. That's my all round girl, and the Bondi is um my beautiful helper when all my chronic illnesses like to do the machado. Um, they like to they like to do the um the merengue. So when they are out there and they're playing and they want to sit here and play, um, they want to play some kind of beat. Hoka, um, the Hoka Bondi is my girl. Um, it has the most cushion, but the all-around girl is going to definitely be the Clifton. Okay, awesome. Now, I usually don't let people leave the podcast without asking if they pee on the bike or get off and take a proper pee break. But since you are working towards those distances, <laughs> I'm going to ask you. Both. You don't even know what I'm about to ask. 
Ooh. What did you think I was about to ask? <laughs> Have I done it? Yes, both. <laughs> on the bike or on the run? On both. <laughs> both. Well, then there you have it. She does it. Well, Listen, <laughs> Listen I've, I've I've had too many TMI conversations of, oh, where did you use the bathroom when you're on the trail? <laughs> the outdoors is your bathroom, honey. Your honey is your bathroom. And as an endometriosis girl, listen, um, sometimes, you know, you, you get visited by like the poop fa fairy and it gets really, really messy. We got horrible stories as trail runners. So... With that being said, for the triathlon community, um, where has it happened? Well, listen, let oh. me tell you, some people got some stories in the tri community about it's it, 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 oh, 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 the two. Here. Yeah, oh, the number two is um is horrible. It's it's, it's I've, yeah, it's, I've heard yeah. um very graphic stories that I wish that I can clean out my ears yeah. um and never ever remember them ever again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, look at here, y'all. This is good, and clearly we can talk all day. So perhaps. Perhaps we can have Latoya back on after Delmo Sports. And perhaps maybe I'll be there, I don't know, to see it happen at the finish line and we can document it and we can do some yes. things. So listen, we are here. Remember, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win. As you know, you can find us on YouTube and any of your major platforms. We also just started Ask a Coach. So if you have questions about our coaching, you're scared, Drop in our show notes, click it, put in your questions. And we have two resident coaches who will be answering your questions, but you only can catch that on YouTube. All right. Did I say whenever you try beginners like you always win? Well, even if I did, you got it twice. I'm Ashonda and we are out. Peace. Bye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.